episode 134 weighing in with travis hartman i am b money the producer that over there is the talent weekend trav we got to talk about it was it a low blow was it a knockdown this is Usyk taking on daniel dubois dubois this past weekend which we saw in the fifth round Usyk went down with supposedly a low blow uh, Dubois corner saying it was definitely a knockdown. He got robbed out of the fight. We can trap you as the as the boxer, as the trainer, as the coach, as the enthusiast, as the everything. You've had over 140 amateur fights. You've had 40 professional. 170. 170. Sorry, you've had over 40 professional fights. Correct. Yep, 46. 46. What did you see? Did you see a low blow or did you see a knockdown? Round five of that fight. So. I saw a, a punch that was on the belt line. Mm-hmm. Maybe even part of the glove strayed, even like a touch below the belt. I see all these. Nowadays, we have so much um, access to technology where we can freeze frame stuff. We, we can make things look the way we want to look. When, whenever we pause it, we can pause it when it's just barely touching and it looks like it's there. And then where it ends, it goes up. So it just depends on what video you watch. But... In real time, I do believe the referee has a very tough job in real time, mm. which I think things like this call for some sort of a commissioner or somebody ringside with a video replay that they can have a decision really fast, okay? Because Usyk, by far, he took advantage of a rule, okay? The rule is an accidental foul. You're allowed five minutes, mm. up to five minutes. You don't have to take the whole five minutes, right. okay? I don't care. Usyk's one of the toughest guys out there. I agree. But he was a little baby, and he milked this, okay? I think the referee let it happen because if you watch the referee too, the referee's like cheerleading him. Take your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's a lot of referees, so I've been a part of many fights with low blows. I've taken them. I've even been disqualified for low blows, mm-hmm. okay? So I've been a part of it many times, and I've been mm-hmm. hit low. I've been hit on the belt, blah, 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 right? I've seen it all, and I've been a part of it all. I just think that... Usyk took advantage of that, and the referee let him. Mm-hmm. I've been in a fight when I legit had a legit low blow. I mean, like, in the cup low blow. Mm-hmm. And the referee's telling me the whole time during my five-minute break, come on, let's go, Trev. Mm-hmm. I, you, I know you're okay. Like, we'll get through this. Come on, let's go. Like, they like it's a positive way, but they're like, let's go. Let's not take five minutes because, one, the fans don't like to be sitting there sure. in their seat for four minutes. Four minutes is an entire round plus some of another round. Yeah. And we're just sitting there watching this. So I think it slows down the competition which doesn't make it good for fans. I don't like that. So I think it was a borderline low blow. Mm. Technically, yes. Technically, by the ruling, Usyk was allowed to take that long. I just don't know why he took that long. I think it actually did hit, maybe cause a little damage down there, but it wasn't a nut shot. I don't care. That The nut cut maybe came up a little bit, yeah. but they make him pretty good now. Like it's not to get too graphic, but there's a little cup down there and it kind of cups the male Parts. I'm assuming we can Travis. I've watched this several times, and and you at home, if you're watching on YouTube or wherever Rumble, uh, we'll have still images up so you could see it. Make the judgment call yourself, I guess. Okay, so I watched this several times, and at best, you could probably make the case. Okay, the bottom half of the hand, maybe it pushed the cup up. Maybe his nut was in the wrong place. Maybe it pushed. I mean, listen, we've all gotten the men, the men listening to us. We've all gotten our, 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 our nut just kind of clipped by something oh, at yeah. some point. It's a very sensitive part, Does of, the, not feel good. part of it, of course. Feels like you want to... So, 
I agree with you. I agree that he milked the time. I think the benefit of being the main event is that the that's probably why the ref wasn't really hurrying along. It's different if you're mid-card, undercard, whatever else. They want the action to yep. keep going. Uh, and the fact that you're talking about the champ who holds all but one of the main belts. And uh, let's not forget, he's Ukrainian. So everyone is bowing to that right now. I get it. Uh, not 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 low-blowing to that. Uh, <clears throat> we can trap. So I see the commentary online of people saying, that. Nah, by definition, you tell us what is a low blow. So the, the referee did a bad job because if you watch any major title fight at the very beginning of the fight, one, the referee always goes to the locker room before the fights are even happening. Each locker room explains to them the rules and what's low blow. And then when they get in the ring and they meet in the very middle, when the, the, the announcer's there, he's got the microphone too, the referee will be like, hey, this is, this is good, this is good. He does it to both fighters, right? He didn't do it in this fight. So that's why, one, I question the referee's judgment call again because he didn't actually say where everybody could see it. This is why the fans are very uneducated because the referee didn't do his job in that regard at the very beginning so usually it depends on how high the guy's trunks are the referee will say belt line is good or below this is not good and they usually say that he didn't say that so that's what confuses a lot of people so technically i think the punch was a little it was on the belt line okay i think it was not devastating enough to do what he did but i will fast forward even more and tell everybody that daniel dubose whole argument is that he should have won the fight. No, I don't think that changed the outcome of the fight in the slightest, which also makes me question why Usyk took that long. I think, this is my opinion, and I think Usyk, to me, looked a little softer than normal in the belly. Sure. I think he got the wind knocked out of him. I think it got a good body shot, and that cupped up in there. I think it was more of a body shot than a nut shot. Because he wasn't limping around like it hit him in the balls. When I get hit in the balls, oh, yeah. I'm going down on my knees, bro. Oh, yeah. It's happened. Oh, yeah. I'm going to my knees like, oh. I feel it at your throat. He didn't look like that to yeah. me. He so, was walking around like but, but comfortable. But so, by definition, it's it belt was, line below yeah. navel. Yes, usually if, usually if the cup is right at the navel, the belt line is usually legal. Okay? And if you look at Usyk's, the belt line was about at the belly button. Mm-hmm. So I think the punch, to me, if I was refereeing that fight... I would have stopped the action. I would have told DeBose, hey, keep him up. Look to Usyk. Are you okay? He'd be like, no. I'd be like, let's go. We're fighting. Because if, if the referee says fight and Usyk doesn't fight, then he loses, right? Yeah. So Usyk would have fought. By and round, the referee should have made him fight. By round five, did Usyk look like he was in trouble by any means? Nah. Okay. And so uh, it is what it is, folks. I don't think that was going to be the deciding factor of this fight. Because even if it was ruled a knockdown, What's going to end up happening? It's much ado about nothing. Much ado about nothing. Exactly. Much ado about nothing. That's a headline, bro. Because ulti- look at that. Because ultimately, oops, ultimately Usyk, ninth round knockout, and he's moving on and hopefully looking to fight Tyson Fury, who has Francis Ngannou on October 28th. But we can travel. I want to pick your brain about this one because we talk heavyweights. And usually it's we're trashing the heavyweight division because nothing ever transpires. These guys don't fight each other. Anthony Joshua, now that he's gotten past uh, Hellenius, who tested positive for various substances. What the crap, man? Freaking idiots. Um, so Anthony Joshua is out, uh, out on record saying that he is attempting to fight Deontay Wilder December slash January time frame, depending. I think the Americans want January, but he would love it if the card overall was the heavyweight action where that's co-main event and main event being Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk for all the gold. And then we have the setup fight for then the next step. Who would be fighting 
for, you know, that would be an unbelievable event. Here's the only problem. This is the promoter and business mind of me is one. I don't think you could afford to have all four of those on the same card. But what you could do is this though, be money. And they've done it before two different cities, two different countries have a double header, Mm. have Tyson Fury versus Usyk over in somewhere. I don't know, somewhere in England, have Anthony Joshua and uh, Deontay Wilder, maybe in America, mm. and literally play, have a double-packed pay-per-view, uh, two different cities, two different little telecasts even, but merge them together on the on TV networks. So let's say uh, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder in Las Vegas. Boom. Mm-hmm. It happens at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Then over at 9 p.m. in England, we have Usyk versus Tyson Fury. Well, it would be flip-flop, or, right? Yeah, yeah, because the time ahead. So either way, something like that, they could afford that because we're going to sell – Tyson Fury's probably going to sell out a 50, 60, 70,000-seat arena. And then in Las Vegas, they're going to sell out a 20,000-seat arena well, or 15,000 in ima- You would imagine for all the heavyweight gold, that would sell out anywhere. Right. So I think you're right. I think you're onto something that you're hearing that first here, folks, on weighing in with Travis Hartman. That would be the event. I'd watch both back to back. You wouldn't even need an undercard. That's the thing. No No undercard. Now you would. Straight main events. But now you would. You would. But but ultimately, you are creating two different cash cow events. People are going to buy both pay-per-views. People are going to attend both events. That's money maker right there. You heard it here first from the talent over there, Weekend Trav. But maybe we That'd start to see sell. that. That would be what a what a crazy end of the year that would be, right? We've been talking about needing that end of the year big time fight. Maybe we had it wrong. Maybe it's big time day of fights. Yeah. Night Dude, how cool is that? Fights. How cool if they actually did that? I'm, and what I mean by no undercard, no undercard on TV. Yeah. We wouldn't need that. There would still be an undercard for the live fights for sure, but you wouldn't have to spend a lot of money on it. You could have a cheaper undercard, quality fights still, but cheaper. Yeah. And then all of it, man, that's, bro. Boom. Bob Arum, I'm, I'm going to chat with you. Let's go. Bob Arum and Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn, Hearn, come on. I got contacts with both. Come on, fellas. Put that together. Like, how big would that be? Would that be the first time in history? In both of those circumstances, you both are lining your pockets like crazy. Dude, money in the plus. It's any tournament style, bracket style um, sporting event sells. Yeah. When is it not? The playoffs for football sells. The playoffs for basketball. Even basketball sucks, but people, some people don't even watch basketball until the playoffs because they play for real. I think the tougher, College basketball, same thing. The tougher part would be you'd have to have all four of those guys on the same page when it comes to contracts, basically, because in my mind, what makes sense in that circumstance would be, okay, well, the guy's fighting in Vegas. The winner of that gets the winner mm-hmm. of that. So no, no rematch clause initially. Yep, nothing. There'd have to be like a step over rematch yep. clause. But I think in that circumstance, like let's say Fury loses, which based on what we saw, chances are that's not what happens. Now, I have my own theory about that. I'll talk Fury's about it in a second. Fury's got the hardest part of that deal, though. Yeah. Usyk and Fury are the yeah. hardest fight, yeah. in my opinion. But you'd have to forego your immediate rematch clause. Yep. And the winner, because that's what's going to get people to really tune in. Yep. They're going to want to see that. Yep. Uh, like, oh, yeah, the winner of this is going to get whoever wins or whoever won earlier, because that's the way it would format. Yeah. England fight would be earlier. Oh, wow. That's a good idea. Think about this. It doesn't even have to be. It can be the two winners face each other. The two losers face each oh, other. Oh, true. And then you could even run it back again and do the, the winners of the, the losers bracket comes back up. The, the fighters won't. They won't. Good. That's like a two-year 
two years worth of yeah, fights. Yeah, I mean, you guarantee money that way, but it's just, I don't think the pride would let them do that. I don't think, I think the only person they would have problems jumping in on that would be Tyson Fury. Yeah. Because he doesn't need that. He, and he's he a He sells no matter what. Yeah, and he's all over the place, and he's notorious for holding up a lot of negotiations. He is. This is. But I do, in my opinion, I've said it for a while, and I say it again, Tyson Fury, in my opinion, even though he only has one belt, the WBC, I think he's the best heavyweight in the world. So this is the Tyson Fury watch of August 29. As of right now, he is not retired. Could change tomorrow. Well, yeah. You watch the Netflix documentary of the Furies and Tyson Fury retires a lot. But he actually, not even on the show, in real life, yeah, he retires a lot. Um, so we can try. That could be pretty block. That's a blockbuster in the making. I hope you're paying intent to it, attention to us because you've heard it here first. Though I'm sure, in the, I'm be. sure behind closed doors, they've been trying to work out and iron out those details too. But that's a great idea, great Who knows, concept. Sometimes these promoters are too close to the situation to think of bigger stuff like that. Yeah. So it sometimes it does ha- have somebody maybe on this little tiny podcast like Wayne with Travis Hartman to throw it out there. But I think it's a phenomenal idea. Yeah. So, it would sell. So talking about the potential of what could be like England or wherever they would fight. I mean, I guess. They could be anywhere. They it both could be, could be in England if they wanted to. They could to, be anywhere. Because they would sell out both places Yeah, still. but you don't want that. For viewership, you don't want that. Yeah, right? you want the American viewers. Um, so if you take Fury right now against Usyk, what we saw this past weekend, Fury blows through him. Now, my theory is this. I don't think Usyk really give, gave a crap about his opponent this past weekend. Now it was important to him to put Ukraine on his shoulders and all this stuff. I get that. Um, you know, he's, he talks about watching Klitschko as a, as a younger lad and this and that. I get it. Okay. But I don't think he really came in focused on this fight because random, like we were randomly surprised that it even got booked. Like, Oh, I guess he has to fight somebody. Yeah. Here it is. So maybe it's just a, a mental situation there where just, he just wasn't really in the frame of mind to fight. And he just kind of went in knowing he'd probably walk through whoever. So I think that's why you saw some of the holes in his game. Now, if the fury fight actually transpires actually gets signed off on actually is booked on the calendar i think you're going to get a different alexander a hundred percent guys fight to their level sometimes and not so tyson fury did the same thing tyson fury in 2019 yes. fought otto wallen okay he was 20 no guy but it was it was the fight leading up to the deontay wilder fight yeah. okay it was the the rematch with deontay wilder so he was taking an interim fight is what they would call that and he looked not good against Ottawa. he got cut and it was a very one of the scorecards was 116 112 which is actually a very close fight so yes that does happen but that necessarily wasn't what i saw in, in um in Usyk. i i saw some similar holes in Usyk when he beat anthony joshua hmm. i just I think a lot of people get, not fooled, not fooled, but I think a lot of people get bought into this Usyk story because he did beat Anthony Joshua, but I think Anthony Joshua's not what we thought he was. No. And also, it's very emotional because Usyk is Ukrainian, yeah. and people are rallying behind sure. these guys because of what's going on, and you know, I don't want to even get into that. But I think that emotionally, a lot of people are rooting for him more than he actually is that good. Tyson Fury is six foot nine. Yeah. Usyk was a cruiserweight before yeah. this, okay? He's a cruiserweight, very skilled, throws his punches and punches, angles, nice angles, but it's different when you have a guy with a longer reach, it's taller, you're not punching up yep. as well, yep. So, and you're doing that for 12 rounds, it's going to tire you out faster too. I just don't think Usyk has the capabilities or the tools to beat Fury. Only how he can beat a Fury 
is if Fury beats himself because Fury does have does a history yeah. of mental issues. Yeah. He does. I'm still, it's a battle every day. When you have mental issues, all of us do it though, but it's a battle every day. It's not like you're just on cruise control. Once you beat yeah. it, you're good. I think Fury's battling it every day of his life, and I'm waiting for that one fight that happens where he checks out. Yeah, I'm going to predict this, too. Before Tyson Fury really retires, I think he's going to go on past when he should. I do, because I don't think he knows how to be out of the spotlight. But I think we're going to see a mental breakdown inside the ring. If Tyson Fury's ever beaten, it's going to be because he has a mental breakdown inside the ring. We saw this with the fighter before, too. Lennox Lewis fought this guy. I forget his name, but he literally cried in the ring. Oliver McCall cried in the ring in the middle of a fight, and like it, he checked out. I'm not saying Fury's going to do that, but I wouldn't be shocked if he had a mental breakdown. Well, here, here's a thing that we're not really talking about, and you could see it in his eyes. Alexander Usyk, he's a mental case himself. Oh, he's different, dude. He is a different Okay, cat. so you're talking about two guys with a different level of intensity, and they both, I think, are just something's not exactly all proper upstairs, and that's yeah. fine. Okay, nothing against that. Um, <clears throat> that's why I think if I'm if I'm Uzik, or, or, or the way that I'm reading him is that it's this fight or nothing. This fight means everything. I mean, we've seen his training is intense. Like, he is just... He's an animal. He's an animal, and his intensity—you can—it just kind of—it comes through, exudes through his pores, and you see the same thing with Fury in a different way. Yeah. So if these guys eventually get into the ring, I actually don't know what happens in there. They both might sing "Kumbaya" and both cry with each other. That's why that fight would set. Oh my gosh! We don't know what would happen. Exactly. So. We're getting ahead of ourselves with that. I just think now we definitely need to see that. I'm tired of the interim fights. I'm tired of all this stuff. You know, October 28th, Fury taking on Francis Ngannou, great. There's always a puncher's chance there, blah, blah, blah. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Let's just get down to business, Weekend Trav. And speaking of getting down to business. Let's get down to business. Let's talk briefly September 30th, which we'll mention again. Okay? We have some local action going on. Why don't you give us a little quick rundown of that? Are we talking about Ryan, the main event main? Yes, we are. My man. He's our buddy. Uh, Ryan is undefeated, I believe. Let me make sure I get his record correct. He is undefeated. I know that for sure. I want to uh-huh. say the exact number, though. Um, he's, he's in his first main event, and he's 3-0 and out of Orlando. Trains over there at School of Hard Knocks with Craig Duncan. Um, Ryan's a good friend. We know him very well. Um, we actually Ryan's actually went to a box lab fight with us and sat at my table. Our table. I don't know if you were there or not, but he actually sat there. With, I think it was his girlfriend at the time. I'm not positive. I don't want to get him in trouble, but <laughs> we, don't want, we don't want to mention it. Um, so, uh, main event though, and that's his nickname is Main Event Main. So good for him. Now he actually is the main he's, event. He's he's put in his fourth pro fight. He put the nickname into the ether, and the ether delivered. He is now in the main event. Good head on his shoulders. Good dude. Uh, uh, you know. So I'm looking forward to witnessing this. He's been running through competition. As we expected. Yep. He's exciting to watch. Okay, so this is yep. coming to us September 30th. And is it Orlando technically or is it Kissimmee? No, it's in, it says Orlando, but it actually doesn't have the venue down. But it's in Orlando, okay. not Kissimmee. So it is in Orlando, September 30th. We'll have more details as it gets closer. And we're also for sure going to have Ryan on the show. Okay. Ryan is 3-0. and um, What is his actual weight? Is he a super middleweight? Let me make sure. Get this right. No. Wow, Ryan fought at 157 his last fight. He got down quite a bit. 
Mm-hmm. He's looking at 154 is light middleweight. So I don't know some, what this fight's going to be at, but I've seen some video. He's looking lean and mean right now yeah. in, in training. So I mean, his pro debut was at light heavyweight, 172, dropped all the way down to 164. So a second a fight, place. his third fight was 157. He was 157, I guess, not 55. 157 and a half. So he that's looks like he's going to be a middleweight be. or light middleweight, which is 154. Middleweight is 160. So I'm guessing this fight will probably be at middleweight, um, but maybe not. But good for Ryan. It's a six rounder, scheduled six rounder. So we'll, pl- we'll plug a little more as we get closer to the event, but we at least wanted to do a little precursor because we're trying to get Ryan on the on the show, uh, talk to him about it, you know his journey, where he's at, and all that stuff. Um, and then we'll start plugging also ways to get tickets to this event. Uh, I, I don't want to mention the promotional company because I don't want to get it wrong. Boxlight. Is it Boxlight? It is okay. Boxlight. Okay, so uh, we'll try to get some ticketing information. You can get that through Ryan Main as well. We'll put his Instagram handle um, below so you'll be able to um, connect with him if you're interested in tickets because I think they're selling out somewhat fast we can travel Gonzalo Sapio with Boxlight Promotions and Entertainment is the promoter yeah he's done right I think Ryan's only fought on his cards for I now. believe I'm sure. so because we saw one of them for sure um, the hair we saw his pro debut we Did were we? there for that live. that was the debut right? that was his debut oh. uh, anyways okay we can travel that's episode 134 let me make sure yeah that's all we wanted to cover it is, yep. Avanti Palms Resort. That was his pro debut. We That's were right. There for that. Uh, so episode 134 in the books. Uh, final thoughts real quick. I have a good one. I heard this lady on a podcast and I loved it. So I'm going to repeat it. It's something that I, I like to say too, but in the landscape that we're in right now, it's, it's about men and women, okay? Weak men create masculine women. Strong mm. men create feminine women. Mm. Not by force, but by loving well and leading well. Strong, humble man creates and allows a woman to safely submit without fear of losing who she is. This came from a woman saying this. And I strongly agree with this. We have this whole movement about feminism and women can do anything. Women can do anything. Mm -hmm. They can. Men can do anything as well. But there is a certain role that we all play in family life and raising children and having a marriage and all of that. And I agree with it. Weak men create masculine women. And you know what we're seeing a lot nowadays is a lot of masculine women. Why is that? That's, it's, not, it's not because um, women are just overbearing, whatever. It's because we have a lot of weak men out there. Let's be stronger for society. Let's make society a little better. Be a stronger man. What that means, it's not toxic masculinity. It's mm. be a strong man, be loving, be humble, and be a leader. Okay, leaders don't have to go and boast and say, oh, I'm a leader, I'm this and that, right? You just do that. You love who you're with and, and you do it. You lead by example and people follow people that lead by example and I like it. Well, I think the, the main part of that quote that you pulled is that the, the strength component, it's not necessarily by force. It's not necessarily by exactly right. the gun show here, okay, or anything, but it could be. It just depends on the matching. It's about loving True well. It's about respecting well, loving well, appreciating well. And that's where you show strength in relationship as a man, uh, which, you know what, you never, I'm under the a belief because I've been in this marriage game for 19 years at this point. Um, I'm new to the game. I have, I I have two that. kids, 15 and 13. So I think when it comes to displaying male strength fatherly strength husbandly strength or whatever else it's not all about just being the the biggest ape in the room right yeah yeah it's a it's a matter of how you carry yourself and how you carry and help lift your family up 
in the good times and the bad times. You're not necessarily pulling all the weight because listen, in my household, it's, it's, it's a, it's a joint venture there and we're both pulling our, we're both doing a lot. Oh yeah. And there's times where I'm weak and then she has to be my strength. That's the way it should be. And there's obviously the mix of strength and submission on both sides. And even biblically, it says that submission doesn't mean being weak and just no. walking over. And that's where we get misconstrued in this in people this culture. Lo- people lose that the, the definition. Submission of that ha- term. it has a, it has a bad connotation. Submission, right? And Who's so does made re- that bad though. Yeah, of I course, feel like it society, did. It's yeah. not meant to be a bad yeah. connotation. Yeah. And all, and also in in kind of the same context of it, when you talk about respect versus submission, those aren't things competing against each other. Those are things working with one another. There's not a good and a bad there. So I, I agree with you. That could be a bigger topic one day that we talk about, um, but you're absolutely correct. But what I'm going to do is just end right there and say that over there is the talent. That there is Weekend B-Money. Trav. I jumped in really quick on that one. <laughs> that there's B-Money, a.k.a. producer, a.k.a. the man, the myth, the legend. We got to work out in today too. What up? God bless.